Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I'm super excited about this show because I have a returning guest. And the only reason that I'm bringing him back, as we talked about off camera, is because of number one, his mustache, but number two, the monkey story, which we'll get into later, hopefully, if not, then I'll point you to his Instagram because you can find it there. So no, on a serious note, though, super excited to have Mr. Brian Lubin back in because just watching this young up and coming superstar billionaire has been just amazing. Um, It's a true, it's a true example of when you set your mind to something, how fast you can accomplish uh, true freedom. And this is the investing for freedom show. And honestly, I don't know that I have literally ever seen somebody get to work and get things done and, and move the way that he has. And, and so I'm excited to just kind of dissect and, and kind of figure out how the heck did this guy do this? Cause I think the majority of what we're all looking for is that journey of freedom and it's different for everybody. And, and watching Brian has been nothing short of miraculous. And there's part of Brian too, as, as I've gotten to know him, um, you know, I know he dissects what amazing successful people do and, and then just kind of reinvents and recreates that. So I figured if we can do that with him, that could be a home run for some of you. So Brian, thanks for coming back. Dude, why do you, why do you always do this? Like you, me and you are just friends. We're great friends. We come on, we joke, we laugh. And then you just open up the podcast and then you made me emotional. And then you just got to tug at the heart, heartstrings and then just hit the authentic relationship, man, right out the gate. But <laughs> thank you for the kind words. Hopefully I'll live up to them. Um, I, me and my mustache are coming in live from South Brazil right now. For people listening, uh, we're in the island of Florinopolis. So it's about an hour and a half south of a flight from Rio de Janeiro, which I stayed in for a week. And I just got done with a six-month trip around the world, five-month trip. And it's been a wild ride. And I'm excited to go into it. But yeah, like Mike, like Mike said, there's a monkey story that will come later for you fine ladies and gentlemen to listen to. But uh, today we're going to talk a lot about freedom. We're going to talk about different ways that I've gone about it. So some earned perspective. And then also, like Michael alluded to, um, my mission in life is every day I break down and dissect the habits of winners. So him and I both have the privilege of standing on the shoulders of some giants when it comes to business, entrepreneurship, and life advice in general. So I just want to be a vessel that all of their advice flows through, and I just make sure to put it in the correct context. So I'm excited to get into it. I love it, man. And, you know, I would encourage you guys, I I don't know exactly where this conversation is going to go today, but I would encourage you to, you know, go find Brian, find his podcast, because he's on a mission and he's got a passion for uh, dissecting what he does. And there's no way in the next 45 minutes that we can get in, even just scratch the surface on that. Um, so, you know, if, if you're inspired by his story, go find his podcast, listen to it. Cause I know he does a lot of work. I know he's got some courses launching around it, et cetera. And by the way, 
this is not, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have an affiliate program with Brian or any of that kind of stuff. Like this is, this is genuine. Like, I just love what this guy's doing real quick. Where'd the Venmo go? <laughs> Where did the Venmo go? I sent go? you that $2,000 Venmo. Where's that going? Well, I, so that, but that's not an affiliate for your courses, et cetera. So that's what oh, I was the, really the annual friendship fee. Yeah, that's, that's what that is. So. Yeah. So literally I, Brian, I know I've been watching you record a, a course and all of that. So that's what I was really getting at because I think, you know, the how to and the practical side of what you're building, I think is really going to, um, it's going to be very, very valuable and beneficial for some people. And so that's what I was really referring to is, you know, I don't have like an affiliate course program or any of that. So I'm not like promoting Brian's affiliate stuff as, as, as an advertisement. I'm, I'm really just passionate about what he's doing. I want to say this real quick though. We're not going to get into the four questions, et cetera, because I had Brian on in December and I would highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode um, just to kind of see where, you know, Brian was and where Brian is. It's going to be pretty fun. So, um, Brian, I was with Don Wenner uh, just uh, on Monday. And one of the things that he was talking about, my stepdad always says that if a man built it, I can fix it. And Don Wenner mm. basically said, if I see somebody else doing something, and I can figure out how to dissect their success, I can do that as well. And that was like one of the keys to his success is Karen and I had the privilege of just sitting in a conference room with him, you know, one-on-one -on -one and just being in his meetings and everything. That was like one of the things that he said that was like um, awesome. And that's one of the reasons why I want to have people like you on the show, because that's, I know that's one of your, you said it already, but that's one of your like skill sets is dissecting. But then also if people can dissect what you've done, and again, you've done it so quickly. Um, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a great point because it's just a matter of asking different questions. So I think that it's more so if you want to shift a perspective, it's more so instead of looking at the tactics that people do, you have to more so look at the questions that the people ask, right? So Don is the kind of guy that's asking really, really massive questions at a grand scale. And you have to learn how to raise the level of your questions because the quality of your questions is the quality of your life. Tony Robbins said that. And so for me, I every day, like the exercise I do is I ask myself, like, what does the eight figure version of Brian Lubin look like? Like, who is that guy? Because I know what the eight figure version of Mike looks like. I know what the eight figure version of Matt looks like and all of our friends. But what does Brian Lubin at that level look like? And I'm like, what questions is he asking? Who is he talking to? Uh, how is he treating his body, his relationships? And I try to bring that back to present day reality, which is what is leading to what you alluded to, which was the course community that I'm building. And this episode is by no means a promotion of that. It's just a different question that I'm asking. And that question is, how do I build an eight figure media company? And that's not something that I can do as a me. That's something I have to do as a we, Right. So the fastest way to get anything that you want in life or, life or business is to help enough other people get what they want at scale. So when you crack that code, then this is all just a giant game that it becomes because now it's a, it's a zero-sum game because not only do you win, but you win by helping others win so that there is no losing possibility. Because, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? Only impact 999,000 instead of a million? Like that's a very winnable game to play that you can enjoy the ride along the along the journey as opposed to just being concerned about summiting each and every mountain, which we both know if you've accomplished a big goal, that's kind of an empty feeling when you get up there and the wind's whipping and you realize you climbed the wrong mountain. 
right? <laughs> so that's that's what I'm currently doing. Uh, so for people that haven't listened to December's episode, my story in 30 seconds is I was in corporate America, uh, did that for four years, uh, left that March of this of this year, 2022. Uh, March 17th, quit that. Uh, July 6th, hopped on a one-way flight. And since that point, I've traveled full-time around the world. Um, and now I'm about to be back in Atlanta here in November. We can go into the identities and the ego and all that part that I've dissected throughout the journey. But I've been to Greece. I've been to Italy, Spain, uh, Portugal, Budapest, Amsterdam, now Brazil for a month. I lived in the Greek islands for a month. I've done kind of everything that anybody would ever want to do. And I, I've done it. And that was by design. That was on a vision board that I put. And so now I'm moving into the next phase of my life, uh, which is an exciting one to where I'm building a brand new media company. And that's where we're at. So uh, as my first million podcasts would say, no, no small boy stuff. <laughs> we're aiming for the stars, man. <laughs> I love it. So just from a tactical perspective, before we um, kind of turn it over to you and, and, and discuss the, the big picture of all this and, and kind of how it all came about, um, I watched you just get really clear. One of my mentors says, and I'll say this real quick, you know, not to compare your year one to somebody else's year 20. And a lot yeah. of times, you know, there's another statement that he always made too, like he was an overnight success, 20 years in the making. And But the thing about watching you um, and sometimes we see somebody come out of, you, you mentioned Alex Hermosi and, and Alex is a great example because all of a sudden, like everybody, you know, the last year is talking about Alex Hermosi and he came out of nowhere and he's an overnight success, 20 years in the making, right? It's like all the work that he's done behind the scenes for like 20, 25 years. And now he just kind of put it all together and is putting it out there. And so it's not anything new. We're just now seeing it. Here's what's interesting sure. about you. And I know you've, you know, it, it's not like you're 10, but also like from the time that I met you, like literally what, two years ago? Yeah. From the two time, years ago. Yeah. From the time I met you and watching you say, I'm going to do X and then like literally watching you go do that. And then some, I don't know that I've seen many people execute as fast as you have. So just from a high, like give us, give us some of like the, how in the heck are you executing so quickly? Um, forced perspective. So I talk about the power of forced perspective a lot, which is if you're a big fish in a little pond, um, you're, you're going to not have any more room for growth as opposed to when you hop ponds, which, which life should be a game of just pond hopping, really. You, you outgrow whatever pond you're in, get to the next one, move to a lake, move to an ocean. And so now I just keep putting myself as the smallest fish in the biggest pond. And then I'm able to just be a sponge and absorb everything that I receive. So what I do is um, for my show, like Mike said, I've got a po podcast, Action Academy podcast. I do five episodes a week where I interview seven to 10 figure entrepreneurs. And that's where my mind is every day is living in that world because um, the best way to change an identity is um, immersion. So I always say that immersion leads to conversion when it comes to identity, because now I can assume the identity of a nine figure entrepreneur, because that's who I'm talking to each and every day. Like that's the world that I'm in. And then, so they've allowed, they've put their questions that they're asking. And now I just apply those into my life. So an instance of this is when I was um, talking about 
the process of leaving my job. And I was like, I need $20,000 a month in income for me to leave this corporate job comfortably because I was making in the 200s for that job. I was like, okay, I have a very specific way of going about this. I want to do multifamily. I want to get out of here like this at $200 per door. You know, you do the math. You just KPI your way to an end destination. What now I know to be true because I've went through it and now it's earned perspective. I realized that it's okay to be married to an end destination, but be flexible in the vehicle that you arrive in, right? So instead of just saying, I'm going to go from Atlanta to Los Angeles through a plane, like it could be a plane, train, or automobile, or it could be different parts throughout the journey because the efficiencies are going to be different because you just may not know what you don't know. And so in that instance, I had about $3,200 coming in from cash flow from my real estate. I threw my car on Turo full time. So that was about 400 bucks. So call it four grand just for easy math. And then on top of that, I start the podcast with no expectation of revenue. And oops, the podcast starts printing out revenue. And I didn't foresee that or forecast that as being a source of or being a vehicle that I'm riding in to get to my end destination. But it was an accelerant. So now the podcast is printing out nine to $12,000 a month. I got 4,000 there. And I was like, okay, this is about it. I can go ahead and do this thing. So then that's the tactic that I use. It's just like widening my lens and allowing other opportunities to present, present themselves instead of being so myopically focused on just one way that I think is the only way instead of open my eyes and I see the possibilities. Just like your son, Dylan, like did a course on weight surfing and he made like 20, 30, $40,000 off of that. So it's really just becoming a magnet to everything and then allowing it to flow through you and then to you and then through you. And then that's how you go about it. So to land the plane here, it's just the process of knowing what is possible and shifting your perspective to that. And then the tactics will snap to the elevated mindset that you just acquired. How do you balance? Because, you know, there's a lot of conversations and, and I hear this all the time. Like, how do you balance or or reconcile, as I think you, you would say, um, you know, adding value to the world and yet simultaneously monetizing it, but, but not overly focusing on the money aspect. That's a really, I see a lot of entrepreneurs that really struggle with, you know, doing something just because of the money. And I've watched you like, you're very passionate about it, but also you're monetizing it. So talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. So two terms, I'll give an analogy and I'll give a quote that I'm in the process of trademarking right now because I freaking love it so much. I'm going to write a book on it it at some point. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to write a book on it eventually. I was talking to Matt Faircloth about that. But um, first I'll give an example. So for the example, we were talking about vehicles, right? So a lot of entrepreneurs, what they get wrong is they get into this car and they're driving this car to the end destination of being a revenue target. Correct. And that's not necessarily wrong per se, but I'm just offering a different perspective of how I go about it, which is the advice I've gotten from mentors that I think is a cool way to go about it. It may not be superior, but I enjoy the process a lot more to where when in my car, I'm not going to an end destination of revenue. My revenue is the exhaust of the car. Mm. So my revenue is a byproduct of something that I'm enjoying and which, which is what I call passionate income. So I think that we've gotten to chapter one of this story of financial independence and financial freedom because we're on year 14 of the four-hour work week coming out and people have listened to Bigger Pockets. They're starting to hit financial freedom. That's chapter one of the book. I think a chapter two needs to be written now to where, okay, I've got financial freedom. Now what? Like, 
who who am I? What is my identity? How do I slay the dragon of ego here and change my identity from that of, you know, W2 or to entrepreneur? You know, how do I go about scheduling my own time? And so for me, I think passive income has been such a focus for so many years and it's amazing and it's necessary. But I feel like there's a step above that, which is passionate income. Mm. Because I've done what people want to do you know, people may be listening to this and they make 10 times, 100 times more than what I make, but they're still projecting for when they're 60, 65 years old and they can go spend a month in Greece when I just did it and I'm 27. So you're not just going to lay there on the beach because if you're the type of person, especially who does it at an accelerated rate like you did and how the audience that's listening probably does, your identity is that of a hard worker and an entrepreneur. You're not just going to lay on a beach. So it's important to find that source of passionate income and really be able to enjoy the ride while you're driving the car and then by default as a byproduct of your passion in the vehicle that you're driving in, revenue comes as the exhaust, the byproduct. I love it. And I may be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I may be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to I used to say this uh, conversation all the time when I would talk about my kids and the way that Karen and I would parent and I would always say like, the jury's still out because my kids were not adults. And, and, you know, I quit saying that because they're now adults and I think we've done just fine. So maybe the jury's still out, but it makes a lot of sense. And that's what I love about, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. And that's what I love about, Mm. you know, groups like abundance. That's what I love about doing a podcast. That's what I love about having different conversations is because when you say that, you know, I may be wrong. Well, the odds of you being wrong are like maybe 2%. They're low, but it's just a humil it's just a humility of knowing that any of us can be wrong at any time. Well, and I think so, just I I don't want to like get into semantics on this, but what like when I where I was going with that is the odds of you being wrong are like probably two percent. The odds of you being a hundred percent right are very slim, but there's it's your truth and there's a certain amount of people that are gonna take that wisdom and that the passionate income conversation and be very, very successful with it. So the odds of that being wrong, I, I think are slim to none. And so I'm, I'm curious, um, go, go ahead and say what you were going to say. Well, it's a sustainability game, right? So like take two people that are running the race of entrepreneurship, which is essentially just a period of like coordinated sprints and rests, rest stops along the way. So take the guy that is enjoying running and they enjoy the process and they're loving the views and take that as opposed to a guy that's just like doing the race because his buddy paid him $500 to do it. Like the first guy's going to win 10 times out of 10. Yeah. So like, that's the guy that I want to be. It's the guy that's just enjoying the freaking journey because look, like, like Mike said, I'm 20, I'm about to be 28 here. So I've got a lot of life to live and I've got a long journey ahead of me. God willing, I could die freaking tomorrow. But if I'm going to do this journey, I'm going to have as much fun of it as I can, because we only have one ride around this rock that's floating around in the universe, right? So I might as well have fun while I'm here because here's the thing. People make so much freaking money for what? Yeah. (laughs) right? Totally. So you may beat me in revenue, but you're not going to beat me in fun. Yeah. No, I love it. And speaking of fun real quick, uh, let's digress. Like two minute monkey story. I want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm down here. And um, so I literally locked myself. um, So here's how I work. So we go through periods of navigation and acceleration, a very 
30,000 foot view of the concept is that we go back and forth um, as entrepreneurs where you go through periods of like planning your end destination and then mashing the gas towards said end destination. So for me, I've been navigating for like four or five months. I figured out what I want to do. I want to create a community. I want to create a course. I want to help a million people quit their jobs. So I'm like, how do I do that? Recording a course is a lot of work. And as much work as I thought it was, it's 10 times more. And so, especially if you care. So what I did was I booked this um, like treehouse essentially in South Brazil on this isolated island away from everyone to where for literally three weeks, this is all I'm doing. It's just being in the jungle, recording content and doing podcasts. There's no one else around. It's just me. Nobody else speaks English or anything. So this is what I do from morning to night. And uh, my only company is this family of monkeys. So this is Kevin, Kevin in the gang. All right. That's what I named him. And I thought me and Kev were buddies. I thought we were pals. And he would come out. I'd give him bananas every morning. And him and his family were so appreciative and gracious. But then one day I decided I was going to go down and actually eat in public with other people for once. And I go down to this restaurant and my Airbnb host uh, messages me and does a voice note. And he's like, the monkeys, the monkeys are in your house. The monkeys are in your house. And so the monkeys, Kevin and his family had broken into my top window of my bedroom and they gotten into my house, gotten, went down the stairs, opened up my refrigerator, ate all of my food and removed all of my food from the refrigerator and, but left the meat. So they took all the bananas, everything I had for them. So there is no love between me and the monkeys of Brazil anymore, but it would be hilarious though, if it actually was my uh, Airbnb host instead, and he just wanted to steal all my food, that would be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about it, but no, the monkeys will like, so I can, I've caught them like entering my bedroom. So now I have to lock the door literally because they're so smart that they'll open up everything and they'll open up the fridge. Like they're, they're very intelligent. So I'm going to punch a monkey. If I see him again, <laughs> no I'm longer punching friends. Kevin yeah. square in the square in the mouth, like friends off. I love it. Yeah. No more. So I'm going to put you on the spot, which probably oh, knowing, God. knowing you isn't really probably ever, I don't know that I could ever put you on the spot. So you've been talking to a lot of, you know, people joining go abundance. You've been having conversations with, um, you know, people that want to quit their job. They're looking on their path to freedom. What are like the top, two or three things that are holding people back um, from going to whatever that is for them? And and how are you addressing that? Oh, that's easy. Um, it's just literally two things, lack of vision and fear of failure. That's it. Well, that's me, literally it. Tell me more. Like the, the, the money part is, the money part is easy. Well, it's not easy. It's simple because there's, you can go on YouTube and really figure all this out for the most part, pretty simply. Um, it's straightforward and millions and millions and millions of people have done it. It's just figuring out which way is best for you. So I see a lot of courses and a lot of content around like here, here's how to flip a house. Here's how to do Airbnb strategy. And I talk about that on my podcast as well, but I don't really see a lot of content on like overcoming those two obstacles that you just talked about, which are the root of the problem. Right? So it's, it's literally just fear of failure and lack of vision. So the lack of vision part is the easiest part to remedy because people are trying to escape a current reality to substitute it with a reality that they are unaware of its existence, right? So how do you replace one reality with reality B with, when you don't know what the reality that you want to replace it with looks like? Yeah. So I always tell people, Vivid Vision, Cameron Harold, read that book, read that book. 
It's three-year vision. I literally have a brand new one written out about what I'm going to do with this company, where I'm taking it, what my life looks like, what my freaking house looks like, what my relationships look like. I've got everything written out. Um, and remember, like, this isn't like set in stone, but it's an idea yeah. that you can put out there, right? Yeah. So I know where I want to go and then I can make my decisions with my investments, with my relationships based off of do they fit within that vision. Yeah. And so that's where I, that's a filter that I use. So I tell people to A, not run away from something, run towards something. So the vision is the magnet that serves as the magnet for whenever things get difficult then you have something to run towards and then you've got a why behind you. Like Simon Sinek said, start with why. That's step one. Step two is eliminating fear of failure. Um, so fear of failure is, you know, a very abstract and complex conversation. But when you really break it down simply, fear is just false evidence appearing real. So I do this, I can give you a tactical answer and then I can give you like a philosophical one. The tactical answer is doing a process called fear setting, which Tim Ferriss talked about in four hour work week. You literally go on a piece of paper, you make three uh, columns and one is you write down the worst case scenario, your worst fears happening and coming true. Then you write down the probability one through 10 of that happening. And then you put on the third one, this is solution because solutions column. So you're going to write down, if this happens, here's what I would do. And so when I was leaving my job, I, I did my fear setting exercise and had like 10 core fundamental fears that I was afraid of. Um, obviously, from leaving a four year position that I was a top performer to now moving into uncertainty and traveling around the world, like huge dichotomy there, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to go broke. I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to get arrested. I'm going to get robbed. Uh, I can get shot. Um, you know, I can get kidnapped. Like all these fears, I was literally writing it out. And as you say them out loud, it's laughable, right? Yeah. But most of, the, most of the fear is, you know, people are afraid of going broke, mm -hmm. right? So I was like, okay, so I lose all of my money, all of my cash reserves, all of my ability to produce income, all of my skills, all of my relationships, all of those go up in flames. So now what? Um, I literally will just book a flight home uh, with a credit card, and then I would just get a job. So when people are afraid of leaving the job and pursuing this new life that they want of their dreams, and they're like, I can't do that, man. I can't do that. I'm afraid. Like literally the worst case scenario is you would just go get another job, which means that your worst case scenario is actually your present day reality. Yeah. It, you're literally like repeating my podcast that I recorded this last Monday. Cause that's like, that's always my <laughs> framework. Like, no, like literally it's what's the worst case scenario when I left and started my, my first business at the age of 24, Karen, and I actually had this conversation. Like what's the worst case scenario. And by the way, I was a plumber and it's not like plumbers are, you know, uh, it's not like they're like in the unemployment line looking for work. There's, yeah, there's you're not wanting for work. No. no. And so like Karen, and I talked Sales. about this and it's like, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, what's the, even in this day and age right now, it's, I, I think about this sometimes with my employees, Brian, like I have amazing employees and the reality is we have to understand that like there, there is no shortage of places that want to hire amazing humans that have, you know, drive and characteristic and the values that we look for that they show up every day and, and they're concerned with customer service, et cetera. So what's the worst case scenario? Well, we leave and we start this business and it fails. I'm pretty sure the exact same company that I work for right now would hire me you. back. And even if it wasn't them, I go to work for one of their competitors. And, and anyway, 
So I agree with and you. Now, and now you're better for having done that experience. Yeah. Like, so my original plan was to travel for a year. Ain't no way in hell I'm doing that. I don't want to do that. Plans change. I'm coming home after five months. Cool. Great. I've got the perspective I was looking for. And now we go on. We move on because I'm entering a new period of acceleration in my life. I don't want to navigate anymore. And I came to that realization when I'm over in these beautiful areas. I'm looking out over my uh, like freaking penthouse in Rio de Janeiro. I'm looking over Copacabana Beach. And all I'm thinking about is, oh, man, I got to record that podcast. Oh, man, I got to talk to this person. And I'm like, I'm excited about it, right? It's not a got to, it's a, it's a want to. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to do this and that with the business and that. And I'm walking around the beach. I'm listening to podcasts about, you know, community building and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, it's time for me to go because I can't enjoy this anymore because I'm moving into a new phase of my life. And so that's what I'm excited about. Ask me again when I'm back in Atlanta and we'll see how I feel then. <laughs> but even with that, say I go home, and I hate it now, I could just simply leave again. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's one of the things that I love just hearing you say that, because one of the things that I always talk about and feel is really important is that that fifth key component of like being able to adjust. And when you're saying that too, you know, one of the reasons that I sold my first business was because Kara had came up with this idea that when our youngest graduated, which was 2022, this was 2012 when she came up with this, but she's like, I want to take a year off. And I was like, do you really want to take a year off? And she's like, yeah, you know, we got married early. We started having kids early. I want to take a year off. I want to regroup. I want to travel the world. I set in motion because of that desire in her, we set in motion this whole thing that like ended up having us exit the business and took me on my journey of investing for freedom. And, and we found all that, but here's the reality at the end of the day. You fast forward 10 years later and my youngest daughter has graduated and it's 2022 and ask me if we took a year off. No, I don't want to take a year off. She doesn't want to take a year off anymore. So the fact that I love what you say about that, you like you had this intention to travel for a year and then you say, ask me when I'm in Atlanta, that's the beauty. And I think there's some freedom in this too, that I think we need to, you know, just kind of point out there's some freedom. I think so many people, when you talk about that fear, so many people are scared to make decisions. And part of this is not their fault. We are programmed. I heard, um, I heard a guy say this the other day that like the idea of a career is not, it, it's not as existent as it was, you know, even five years ago, 10 years ago, 20, definitely not in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Like we've no. been, we've been programmed to, I mean, even not, not, not to go off on this tangent, but you know, you start asking kids when they're in eighth grade, like, what are you going to be when you grow up? And they're, they're so much, there's so much pressure around. There's so much pressure around deciding what you want to be for the rest of your life. It's programmed and ingrained in us. And so that fear, it's not surprising to me that fear is that, that motivator. And the thing that I think has caused myself and, and you and so many of the people that we talk to is the ability to adjust and say, you know what, that idea or that desire that I had 10 years ago or five years ago or five months ago is no longer serving me. The freedom and the ability to adjust and decide that you want to change your mind, that's okay. And you know what? The reality is nobody freaking cares. We're more worried about, we're more worried about people. Well, you said you were going to do X, Y, Z, and now you're doing this. Who freaking cares? Nobody's paying attention. Nobody really cares. Yeah, you know, and I thought about that too for a while, you know, where I was like, okay, you know, I'm talking about all this freedom and stuff. What if I completely run out of money and I have to go get a job again? And then I really thought about it and I was just like, am I going to fail? Most likely not. That's like a 0.002% chance. But even so, like, who cares? 
like nobody, nobody would bat an eye because I'd be the guy that went and like did stuff. And now the skill sets and perspectives that I've gained and earned, I like that word earned now um, through this entire process. It's been insane. So now I'm a completely night and day human being to where I'm excited to go back. And like, there are small things that you miss, right? I miss being in a group of friends that I know instead of always having to make new friends and with which I've actually made few. I'm a very extroverted person, but ironically, I've been very uh, isolated as I've gone through this just by design. I just, you know, I've got so many things that I'm building and working on. I'm just like, I don't really have time for disposable relationships anymore. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in your early 20s, that's something that's very easy, right? You can just make friends or relationships and spend energy on anybody. But like now it's not there, there anymore. So now it's just, uh, you know, you, you set the vision, you work towards something and you pivot accordingly because you're a different person. And if you are the same person in 10 years as you were from back when you were a young Mike, uh, you failed. That's the failure because you're the same person. (laughs) Right. Well, I think so many people are scared of that failure. And, you know, to me, failure is just feedback, right? It's like, okay, what do we need to adjust here? And um, shifting on you a little bit, I'm curious, the very first business book that I ever read was Execution by Larry Bossidy and Ram Sharan. Did you ever read that? Hmm. No, I actually haven't. I, I don't know that. I don't know that I would recommend it at this point, but they start out the book by saying, and I don't know, this was like the year 2000, I think when I read it, you were probably in diapers, right? I hate you. Continue. <laughs> um, they start out the book by saying, and these were both Honeywell executives and they were on the the board and um, they start out, they start out the book by saying that America's boardrooms are full of, you know, teams and, and people coming up with these great new ideas. And they're like, we don't need any great new ideas or we need very we need execution. Exactly. That, that was it. And I, I, I bring it way back to that always, because even though they were talking from a business perspective, I, and I, I, I bring this up specifically for you because you have freaking there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, freedom, passive income. I want this certain life. And what does it look like? And, and by the way, there's plenty of gurus that will teach us how to do that too. But what I love about what you said, you said it was easy and you brought it back to two things. And, and really you kind of said this too, but it's a mindset issue. And that's why, you know, even the podcast investing for freedom, I don't really teach, I don't get tactical on anything. There's plenty of people that will tactically, as you said, teach you how to flip a house or, you know, start a business or implement EOS or whatever. Um, There's plenty of people that'll do that. I'm more interested in the mindset piece and how do we get, that's why I'm constantly in rooms like GoBundance and and meeting with Don Winter and, and hanging out with people like you is because I need my mindset challenged. I need to see, because it's the execution piece. We don't need any new ideas. In fact, half the time, if you really just bring it down to it, it's like half of what you say or I say is nothing that we haven't heard before. It's just yeah. he who executes best wins. So I'm curious, I'm curious to your thoughts on, uh, well, not just even thoughts, but you're such an executor. Is that natural to you? Or is that something like, as Chet Holmes would say, like pigheaded discipline? Uh, it's kind of a combination of the two. It's a mirror. It's a Frankenstein's monster. I would say it's just a measure. It, it's a, it's a matter of measurement systems. So what I measure and what I derive joy from and, I, and what I have an emotional attachment to is different than most people. 
And it's a challenge that I would give to people. I'm not saying my way is the only way or the right way. I'm saying it's my way and it works for me. But I don't attach my emotions to end destinations anymore. I attach them to process. And I got that from Kobe Bryant because uh, championships are just byproduct for him. Um, He really cares about putting in the work each and every day in practice. And so for me, that's how I have adopted that. That's the philosophy I operate from is I track my lead measures as opposed to lag. So you have two different types of measurement system. You have lead and lag. Lead is your inputs. Lag is your outcomes. If you're trying to lose weight, most people are going to be like, okay, I lost two pounds, three pounds, four pounds. That's an outcome. That's not an input. You can't directly control that unless you have a like a fairy tale wand. But what you can control is how many times you go to the gym? How many calories did you eat? How many liters of water did you drink? How many hours of sleep did you get? How much cardio did you do? That's what I track. So for me, I'm like, okay, I want $10 million in revenue plus by December 1st, 2024, if not sooner. And so how I'm tracking that is I'm like, okay, how many podcasts am I doing per week? How many podcasts am I guesting on per week? How many pieces of content am I creating per week? How many people am I reaching out to? How many relationships am I, am I using? And how many relationships am I making? Stuff like that. So it's trackable stuff that's input driven instead of outcome driven. And that's, I think that's the answer to people. And also that's the best way to reinforce a new identity to where you're like, if you're shifting from the identity of a W-2 employee to that of a real estate uh, business owner or an entrepreneur, like you can put the affirmations and vision board of you like flipping houses. I don't even know what that would look like, right? But like that could work and that's part of the process. But like the actual process is just simply make a list even of what are the top 10 things like real estate investor Mike would do. Mm-hmm. And then do those things. Therefore, ipso facto, your identity is reinforced subconsciously as that freaking person. Love it. It's it's that simple that people overcomplicate it because they're not doing it. I love the differentiation that you made earlier and you just kind of alluded to it again. Um, I'll never, I don't think you and I have talked about this, but I was sitting across from Robert Kiyosaki one time and we're, we're at dinner. Actually, I was at a lunch. And, and I sit down and I, I tell Robert, I said, Robert, I, I love cash flow. It's like, you know, change, change my, my, my life, but also the, the way that the kids think. And we play the cash flow quadrant. And I was telling him that my, my son, Tim beats me a lot, which he, he did. And so would Dylan and, and Caton. But it was interesting. I said to him, I'm like, and by the way, he chewed my ass when I said this, he, I was like, you know, the crazy thing is, is it's really simple. And he laid into me. He's like, it's not simple. And what I was, what I meant was like the concepts are simple, but obviously it's not easy to implement. It's not easy to execute on. And I love that you make that differentiation because the principles and the concepts are simple, but very few people will actually implement it. And I like that you go back into the tactics around all of that. I was having this conversation the other day with my coach, because if you're a new real estate agent, the first thing that, you know, your broker or anybody else is going to tell you, you got to make 40 phone calls every day. Like that's it. But when it comes to a lot of people that are thinking about their freedom or leaving their job or their career, you know, and even the group, like, you know, just buy properties or whatever. And Kiyosaki would say it this way, like back in the day, you have to look at a hundred houses to really make offers on 10 to, you know, really negotiate three to close on one. But very few people will get into the tactics and, and that side around the execution piece of it. And, and again, it's because the concepts are simple, but it's definitely not easy. No. Well, because it's not easy because we make it not easy. So the so simplicity 
simplicity isn't a human construct, but easy and hard is a human construct. Because it because easy and hard is a perception of simplicity, right? So it's like how we perceive something is going to be, you know, that's where the fog starts coming in onto the mirror. And because you like you and I can look at something and be like, oh, okay, immediately know what the answer is there. Mm-hmm. Like very easy for us. Whereas for another person, you know, they're like, they couldn't come up with that in a hundred years. Yeah. Because they don't have the perspective or the community or the network or the mindset. Yeah. But like, is that same idea, you know, simple, more simple or more hard? No, it just exists. Yeah. So easy and hard is like the perception of difficulty. And whereas, you know, um, the other one is like simple or difficult is like the actual reality of it. So it's just, I don't know, like most things can just, I think you just need to chunk it down. I think it's really people try to like create these big goals and they get terrified of them because it's like this giant steak that they're trying to eat and they think that they have to eat it in one bite like a freaking anaconda. But like you're not going to eat a 64-ounce T-bone in one bite. Like you're going to chop it up and you're going to chew it like a piece at a time. And so I tell people like eat the steak a bite at a time. And then another conversation on that is the knife that you're using to cut the steak, like that's your mindset. So if you don't have the mindset, like you're trying to cut your steak with a spoon, <laughs> like me and you could come on here and, you know, even I could hear about like some advanced cost segregation, you know, uh, advanced, you know, value depreciation, commercial real estate strategy. And I would kind of grasp it, but not really. And because I'm cutting at that steak with a butter knife or like a spoon. But whereas you bring like Jake Harris on. Like he can be like, he's got like a freaking serrated saw that he can cut through that thing with because his, his mindset's different with that. So just oh. don't choke on the steak. <laughs> I love it. So we're, 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 getting, we're getting up and close to time. So I have a question. You had kind of talked about the journey and the ego. So I would pose, maybe we have a little conversation about that or whatever you would like to discuss in the next eight minutes. Ego. Yeah. Ego is crazy. Um, cause that goes back to the perception of others that you were talking about. So I can use it in context to how I'm dealing with my ego and then we can kind of zoom it out to how people can use that in their lives right now, as, as opposed to just hearing it from some guy that's in Brazil right now it must be nice. Right. So for me, um, ego was going through the process of, um, okay, you know, so now I'm traveling, and people are excited that I'm traveling. And, you know, now I receive love. And like, this is very subconscious. Like I've really like delved it down to like the root of it. It's like, I receive love and attention for travel now. What happens when I no longer travel? Was the question that I was asking. I'm like, so what happens when I do these podcasts? I'm just back in Atlanta. And they say, where are you, man? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm in Atlanta. You know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So that's my ego, right? Like coming in and trying to self-sabotage and being like trying to rear its ugly head. So I had to like freaking slay that dragon because and the way I did it was, you know, there are philosophical ways to do it, which is like getting still meditation, all that stuff. But I did like a tactical way where I went and I actually like looked at my content and I looked at the source of what people were deriving value from that I make. And so I'm like, okay, for my podcast, are people really 
loving me for the travel per se, or are they loving me for the process of making big shit happen, right? Or, or the value that I'm providing to them with these guests. And for even my TikTok and stuff where I'm starting to blow up on TikTok randomly, I'm like, is it the travel videos that are blowing up necessarily? Like, yeah, the monkey video was funny, like, but, you know, that's just a funny video. I'm like, most of my videos that blow up are ones that are talking about, you know, going handcuffs, exiting corporate America, leaving your job, how to know when to leave your job, how to leave your job. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just making up this false reality out of nowhere about, you know, my value in comparison to others. And then so the root of the root of the issue is seeking external validation. So I just made a conscious decision to flex the muscle. You can't just cut it off like a switch, but you can build a muscle that you flex to where I'm like, okay, external validation. I'm slipping back into that old pattern. I need to bring that back internal. So then it's just a process of internally validating yourself and internally loving yourself and not have that self-worth, self-esteem depend on external. So that's where I'm at. You know what's interesting um, that I came to terms with? And actually, this was through a marketing company that we work with that, um, you know, and obviously from a marketing perspective, our messaging and everything needs, needs, needs to be good when it's toward our product. But when it comes to my personal brand, I don't really care. I don't really care (laughs) what, if you want to listen to me, like I'm not here like feeding people through a funnel. And so when it comes to like our business or our product or, you know, like back in the day you sold uniforms, like from a sales perspective, like your messaging needs to be on point. But here's the thing that, that I've realized. And as you journey through this, like you're living your life for you. Yeah. And you are the brand now. And as, as I am the brand, when it comes to investing for freedom and my personal brand, and here's the reality, I'm not going to change who I am or where I go or what I talk about or what I want in life for anybody. Because document it. Yeah. And that's the thing that's like freeing for me is if somebody's going to listen to me, it's because of the authenticity, genuine, we connect in a certain way. What I think we have to be careful with is when it becomes, you know, part of the sales program and, and we have to battle and struggle through that. Um, I, you know, I find myself sometimes, even when it comes to raising capital and, and feeling like I have to put certain things up, that's where I really, and I'm not saying we don't have to do both because obviously at the end of the day, different hats you got to wear, you got to make money. Totally. But I love how you kind of, you know, came to that realization, like, um, and again, for me, it's just back to adjusting, but I love how you came to the realization around ego. And that's what I love about you, man. Like you're just, you're just sharing your life, you're sharing your journey, but you're providing a huge amount of value around it and teaching others how to do it. So what else you want to say? We got three minutes left. I appreciate that. And you asked a question before about like revenue and about income and stuff like that. And for me, that was another like limiting belief was I was just like, A, like even making the podcast, B, um, you know, giving a paid offer to people. No, because like you see it all the time, like, oh, uh, yeah, where's your course, bro? Like, oh, you're going to take my money, stuff like that. And so for the longest time, I was like not wanting to do that until like in my mind, like I earned the right to do it. And I did that by the process of providing so much free content that I'm like, okay, cool. Now I've earned the right to provide a paid offer to where I can say, hey, cool. 
Um, if you want to learn about, you know, freedom and investing and all this stuff, like it's not just, hey, I'm a guy that did it. Here's my course. It's you could do my course if you want to do it fast. But if if that's not necessarily like your thing right now, you just want to learn. Here's 100 hours of free training. <laughs> right. So then it's just undeniable. And it's just there. And another cool key point that we'll close out on is like, that's where passionate comes, passionate income comes in is because when you're making passionate income, I think it's easier to do that when you don't have like your, when you do have your bare necessities covered, right? With passive income. So passive income yields passionate income because you have your financial foundation, you have your passive, like on your Maslow's hierarchy, your needs, you're, you don't need the revenue when you need something is when it's a slippery slope because then you're in scarcity but when you're in abundance then it's a lot more fun so yeah. i will i will leave y'all with that and uh, you can hear more on my podcast if you want five episodes a week live Action academy live from atlanta here shortly yeah live from atlanta <laughs> cool brother well um tell us where to go to find you action academy podcast that will be um where I'm at, all major podcast platforms. I interview gentlemen like Mike here. Um, I've had some billionaires on, Brandon Turner's of the world, Bigger Pockets guys. Uh, it's a great show. I really enjoy it. I put a lot of pride into it, five episodes a week. If you want like a text resource of audio, well, I'm assuming audio is your thing because you're listening here. Um, also a text resource, uh, w2toworldtravel.com, 30-page ebook, kind of goes over some of the topics we talked about here. It's all free stuff. So podcast, ebook, there you go. Well, watch out for those monkeys, man. Finish your trip try strong to. and, and uh, come home safe. I'll try to, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for doing it. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.